Only the leagues? Only the Alliance leagues. A grain of rice. A grain of rice is going to tip the scale. Just remember that. There's a small bit of a needle there. Come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. How we doing, lads? Good morning, T. Hello. Delighted uh, to be joined. Two buckles as usual are uh, back on. Uh, we're delighted to be joined today by uh, a man kind of unique in our sport uh, that has a skill named after him. I'm training the Tarcastle under nines, and I say brick flick. Uh, they all know what to do. Michael Walsh of Stradbally. How the hell are you, kid? Good now, yourselves. Good, 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 good. That's nice. It's a nice kind of a West Ward for an accent, brick. Um, I'm good and cold, she all right. You've taken off accents yourselves, to be fair. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's it like having the old skill named after yourself, anyway, Mick? Ah, sure, look, I don't know how, how that took off, to be fair, but um, I suppose it's it's been used a little bit more in terms of the way referees are refereeing games at the moment, and I suppose the tackling side of things as well. I suppose from me, from my perspective, when, when I was doing it, it was probably a lack of hurling more than anything, but um, yeah. It, it, it's been used wholesale, I suppose, uh, over the last number of years. It is, it is. It's it's huge, even in club games. You see it more often. You know, it's it's a way out of the, I suppose, the spare hand tackle from the opposition, and you. It's very hard to get your hand passed away. Then, so it's it's obviously good tactic to throw it off and 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 get a little flick as three four yards and find your teammate like. Yeah, well, I suppose uh, particularly the tackling now at the moment, you know, the tackling is so intense. It's a, it's a way of getting away from that that uh, free hand, like, you know, and I suppose, you're, you're, again, as I said, the referees, the way they've refereed during the league, they're, they're clamping down on the hand pass, you know, and, and I suppose you get an extra couple of yards out, out of it as well. But yeah, it, it's becoming very much part of the game. Now, uh, things are fairly long, today. I wouldn't say so, Anthony. Uh, we'd be happy enough that we uh, got as far as the league final. It is um, another big game under the belt, like the All-Ireland final last year. I suppose the, the team is continuously getting into bigger games, but I suppose didn't come out in the right result on Saturday night. And uh, a well-deserved win for Waterford. And I think as we had previously signposted on the podcast here, you know, in, the way the, in, in terms of where the draws were going and the way the, the matches would roll. I went down to see Waterford against Tipperary and I was, um, I was blown away with their intensity. And um, I suppose when they went up to Kilkenny, I, I would say they probably they, they were qualified for the final and they had probably a, a heavy week's training done. Looking at the players seemed a bit leggy, but it was probably all in preparation for the real big day, which was the final on, um, <clears throat> on Saturday night. And... Um, you know, from Waterford's perspective, it's a massive victory because, you know, I suppose you go back to the Munster final and the Ireland final a couple of years ago where Limerick beat them in both of them. Now a lot of the lads have a national medal inside in their back pocket. And after Ballygunner's victory as well in the senior club championship, it is all 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 good in Waterford, you'd have to say, this year, like, you know. So, it is, um, but no, Cocker disappointed. There's no point in saying otherwise. And uh, just seeing a statistic there, Today, Patrick Hogan has played in seven national finals since 2010 and he's lost them all. So it's pretty difficult um, when you get into that kind of a rut to try and win. And um, But 
as we've said here before on the podcast, sometimes you're the architect of your own downfall. And um, certainly I think he pointed it out last night in the centre-back position with Mark Coleman. Um, it's just not, to me, and I don't blame Mark Coleman, I blame the, the system that's been played. He's a quality player, there's no doubt about that, but he's fallen into a trap now where he wants to be Tom Brady. Like, let like, GR protect the men that are coming at me and just give me the ball and I'll supply it. But that's, that's that's not good enough at all, like you know. And the direct comparison has got to be made between himself and Tiger Bucker, and the Bucker is playing in a sitting role as well. But his physical contribution to the game is massive. So um, either Mark brings that to the game, or you have to find a new position for him. That's a simple message I think that's coming out from the match. I think on Saturday night. Um, now I would say that 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 Waterford have brought an intensity like Limerick. And whether other teams out there will bring that intensity other than those two teams. And, and like and we have previously said this, that Waterford are probably the one team that physically can take on Limerick. And they showed that on Saturday night. And thinking that they have a good few players that didn't play on Saturday night, like Severe Daly and Gleeson and Jamie Barron. So uh, we're low, we're down, and we have a massive game coming, but we'll rise again. Yeah, It's all yeah. about Waterford, to be fair. It's all about Waterford. Yeah, you, you can't be down for too long. It's not we don't have the six weeks that we, we used to have. But, but I suppose we got a bit of stick last night, Mark after some well. It's not, like if you look at social media, you'll get a bit of stick. Like so I'm I'm inclined to have the glass of red wine and have a quick look on Twitter and we'll get the old, you know, the Muppet head and all that. But there was we weren't given enough credit to Waterford. It was all about Cork malfunction. I, I think look, I, my piece last night of analysis was on Waterford going down the middle and absolutely exposing that. And I think Liam's piece was on the Waterford puckouts. I think we couldn't give him much more credit than we gave him, but but Brick, um there seems to be an awful steadiness about the players. Sometimes you would have been accused in the past of maybe getting carried away and you know a bit of hype and you can't help it if there's a pitch invasion after winning the National League final. But there seems to be an awful steadiness. There was no hugging. There was a you know there was a you know Connor Prunty speech. Everything to me seemed measured tip coming in two weeks time. But what's the feeling like on the ground like? Ah, look, there's obviously optimism around, but yeah, you, you like, like what you're saying, Anthony, like I suppose the only time there was a, a fist pump, I suppose, uh, on Saturday night was when Warford turned over Cork in terms of a tackle or things like that. The lads got the got the goals uh, and, and they were straight back out the field after there was no uh, there was no uh, jubilation after that which which was great there was only twice Warford I suppose let any emotion come out and it was maybe when they when they overturned um, two balls when Cork were going through which is you know it's it's testament to where they're looking towards what what aspects they're rewarding within their squad but um, yeah look it, it, it was good the other night but I suppose I suppose if you want to be uh, look at it from another perspective or for well on top throughout the game but I suppose it, it came back to four points with six minutes to go um, they won by six points in the end do you know uh, like these margins you see it in the football yesterday Kerry were the dominant force and they they won by a, a, a higher margin so I suppose it's something that Warford will have to look at. They dominated it for long periods, but they, they didn't put him out of sight either, you know. So I suppose they'd be looking at that as well. But overall, around the county, while, while you said there was a, a pitch invasion, it wasn't maybe back when, when I was playing in 07 or 15. I don't think people were tearing onto the field. I suppose there was, throughout the game, I suppose there was a bit of inevitability about the, the scoreline that Warford were, were going to come out on top. But there was no 
jubilant scenes. I thought Conor Prunty spoke very well. He he said he said in his speech afterwards, stick with us. He knows that there'll be games. I suppose that they'll they'll they may they may not win during this uh, Munster Championship campaign. Like you know, and and that's when they have to to rise it up. It'll be very difficult for Waterford playing Cork again in a couple of weeks because often when you're beaten, you learn a lot more. I know from my from my own perspective when we played Limerick and TJ back in whenever it was oh seven we beat Limerick and then a couple of weeks later they turned around and beat us and you see it particularly if you compare it to rugby where a team can get trounced the week before and then turn around and and, and come out top the following week so I suppose Warford and Liam Cahill and his backroom team will be very much aware of that I suppose and through the years Warford have been. Um, Poor favourites uh, have struggled when you're when when you're coming into games as favourites. So again, they're all, um, I suppose, aware of that. But the players are are are, are no fools either. They they know there'll be bigger tests ahead. As we said, it's only it's only April. It's only the league. The championship is is around the corner, and that's the that's the big um, litmus test for Warford. Yeah, and. You know, I mean, he he was it was very very impressive from just watching, and I was kind of looking for a standout performance. I thought Wexford probably didn't show up, but maybe now I'm completely wrong because they absolutely blitz Cork from my point of view. Um, Cork probably didn't play to the level I thought they would, but look, that's another day's work. But for, like, if, I'm not going to put you into Liam Cahill's shoes, but he has a couple of major decisions to make. Like, I know Jamie is very nearly getting there with fitness wise. Still a very short time to the tip game. Ozzy obviously is available now again and was on fire uh, in the league semi-final. And as Mark alluded to, Earl Daly as well, like did a superb job. No, didn't even come on the other night, so maybe he won't feature. But with, does he stick or twist now? Does he Does he say, you know, I don't know. I For me, we picked him on the team, our league team of the year so far. No, that we can talk about that in a minute. We'd only won Wexford, lads. We're getting a bit of stick about that too. But um, what... What would be the feeling around the place? You think on on, on the two lads? Well, the the one thing that that I've been very impressed for, as an outsider with Warford last since Liam Cahill has come in, they've been without Tyg Burke, they've been without key players throughout, and you know obviously the media and things like that have spoken about it, but Warford have never once mentioned it. Stephen Bennett was missing for two two the semi final and. Uh, and uh, last league game, and there wasn't a mention about it. Do you know what I mean? So Warford have proven that they're they're able to stick with what they have and move on and adjust when it comes. And that's what the 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 top teams are doing. You know, you have to get on. You can't be crying over this fella and things like that. And their team has been picked on on training. What we are not seeing, like you know, they they'll have their their two weeks. I suppose obviously it'll be slow enough coming back. Uh, it, first night back but it's based on training the top teams are doing it Limerick um, Limerick are doing it obviously the last number of years and their training is coming out the day of a match and Warford you know they, they do have big tests but that's what you have to have and it's about the bench like there'll be calls to be made whether Austin and those fellas Jamie will come back into it uh, or, or not is another question but fellas will come on with 20, 30 minutes to go or 20, 25 minutes to go and turn the game. And that's what Warford hopefully will have and are aspiring to be like the like the, the teams that have, like the Limerick and those teams, Cork tipped last number of years, you know, and that's the way they're, 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 they're driving it towards. Yeah. TJ, how are things? The Gaelic grounds are still up in the background there? 
Yeah, I'm struggling a bit with my technology this morning, but the old reliable phone is working away fine. Yeah, yeah, we can hear you loud and clear. I'm, I'm not great myself today. I forgot a charger for a laptop and, and we're only on the phone. I'm in Dublin. I'm waiting to get a train down there at lunchtime. But, um, TJ, you have to be impressed by the Cahill approach. Um, you know, give Limerick the best games they've gotten, I, I guess, uh, in the last two, three years. And now the national title has landed. I'll be the league, obviously, but... Um, as as Brick kind of spoke about there, that you know, it, nothing seems to kind of phase, move on. Uh, you don't get upset if people are missing, and you just you know you build your panel. I mean, to pick a twenty six here is going to be vicious for them, isn't it? Yeah, look, I suppose we we sometimes that gets overhyped about twenty six. Like, there's no doubt Ozzy will be back in the team the next day. You know, Jamie Barron, these are high-class players. They would make any 15 in the country, as he would anyway, for sure. So, look, from Warwick's point of view, it's box-ticked, it's silverware, kind of got in the early part of the season, he'd be very happy. You'd have to be fierce impressed. Like, I was at the game with Mark, their energy, their shape. We looked at even, like, fellas like Parik Mahoney was sitting down in front of us there, like, ripped all of them, like, real good shape, like a lot of them. Their physicality is very good, their pace... Very smart in the sideline. They have goals on their mind. They want to catch that ball and they're gone. And I suppose the two things that impressed me most, right, was like around that middle third, their ability to break the tackle just to get past that front man to make things happen, right? And then everybody is going forward. Like the runs for the goal, like great, great run by by Patrick Hearn for the first goal. Same with... um, What's called Stephen Bennett for the second goal. And look, things like the way they finished them. Low to the keeper's far side, Curran's finish, making them look easy. All those things you can see really, really well rehearsed in training. They're catching at a ball. You know I mean, their touch, striking to the hand, everything really, really impressive. A lot of similarities to Limerick when they were getting on the road, I have to say. Um, the two other things that I was going to say was, number one, the deployment of Desi, I thought, was extremely smart. Um, like, okay, it might have been his best game, but what Desi did, now maybe it was a tactical side, right, was he dragged Sean O'Donoghue away from the full back line. So obviously Sean O'Donoghue was deployed to pick up Desi straight away. After a few minutes, Desi was out in the half-forward line, close to the sideline, which left Cork in a situation where they had Damien Cahillan and young Kieran Joyce in the full back line, which is probably something that they wouldn't have wanted. They would have wanted Sean O'Donoghue close to the goal. So Desi did that, and he brought their, possibly their best defender away from the goal, and that worked extremely well. So, all positives from Waterford. Really, really strong team. They brought on five attacking forwards. Shane Bennett, Kieran Bennett, Parik Mahoney, Billy Power, DJ Foran. Like, Ozzy and Jamie Barron to come back into it. There's very little left to say, other than you'd have to be really, really impressed. On the other side, I suppose I'm going to start with a stat, which is very strange from a Kirk point of view. They conceded four goals and 20 points, they lost. They made five substitutions. Forwards. And, and they were all forwards. Makes no sense. Yeah. I, and like, we we remarked early, TJ, about Hannity and his lack of confidence about taking on the shot. And it is so obvious now that any cock player that gets the ball in his hand, he's afraid of his life to strike the ball for a score. It certainly is, don't mess up the ball, give it to a player in a better position. And I'm all for that. But there comes a point when you're 70 or 80 yards out that if you have an opportunity, Tim O'Mahony on a couple of occasions 
Shane Barrett on a couple of occasions. They had easy shots that should have been struck over the bar and they didn't take on the shots. But the one filler for me was Hannity. His lack of confidence on Saturday night was incredible. And I'd have to say, we, we probably have all gone through this. When you're coming or perceived to be coming near the end of your tether or the end of your career, are fellas looking out to the sideline over their shoulder and wondering, you know, if I take on this, am I going to be scrutinised on Tuesday night with the video analysis and stuff like that? And I think he might be just after moving into that bracket. And it's incredible to think that this is the only forward that took on the Limerick team last year in the All-Ireland final, got four points from play and took the challenge to them, having been started in the inside line in the All-Ireland final last year, when everybody in the county knows he's a half-forward, possibly centre-forward is his best position. He is the dominant player, and he needs to be given that respect. Like We're expecting the Shane Barrett to do the same thing as Keen Lynch will do, and with all due respects, Keen Lynch is the best hole in the country. Shane Barrett is a mile away from that, uh, that ability. He's a very good young fella. But asking him to do that job, to me, is nonsense. Nonsense is what it is. Well, Mark, I suppose I won't get again in these articles that I can get to fully read it now, but I've got a snippet of it like that, suggesting maybe that Mark Coleman needs to go up into the forwards or out of there. I mean, like TJ's, I suppose the, the, the issue is with the other end of the field. Now, for me, I, I just want to throw this at you as well. Like, and I said it last night, how Shane Kingston is not starting on the team Every day, unless he plays four, three or four bad games. I mean, every player will have a bad game. But, like, uh, is it an issue? I don't know. I'm, his dad is over the team. It's hard going. But, like, the difference he made when he came on, three points in play. I mean, Conor Gleeson, hardly anyone who's got a puck off Conor Gleeson all year. And he caused him a few problems. And, again, like, if I was to give you an OSR last year, Mark, I might have given it to Sean O'Donoghue. But I would have given Jack it to Sean O'Donoghue first. Like, where are they gone? Like, or what? Kingston has been on and has played great league games and, and obviously got the suspension for the sending off. But I, I just go, I don't get that. You know, Jack O'Connor can be a star. I know there's no selectors involved. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jack, has he lost form or what are you? What's, okay, what's yes. Yes. Jack has lost form, right? And Derek McGrath made a great point here. I said about three or four podcasts ago about young players. They do go up and down in their form, but they come through. And he made the point about Dara Fitzgibbon here three or four weeks ago, Dara had a poor year last year, but he seemed to be bouncing back to his best this year. He had a very, very good league campaign right up to the final. I think on Saturday night, he didn't have his best his best game, I, I would say. But Jack seems to be suffering from a loss of form at the moment. To discuss your Shane Kingston thing, I've always made this point that unless you're a certainty, if, you've, if your dad is in charge of the team, and unless you're a certainty to be on that Saturn 15, it's a very difficult place for both child and father in a mentor and a selector role and a player role. So I, I think Shane is probably, uh, and this is probably the honesty side of Kieran Kingston, that he probably put his own son under the sword first before anybody else. And that I think Shane has probably uh, fallen out of favour more often than getting the bounce of the ball. Uh, so that, that is certainly would be what, what my feelings on it are, but it, it is extremely difficult. Um, but... To me, I don't think the problem is in the forwards. I think the problem is in the backs. Um, and like, as you mentioned a while ago, like we conceded 420 and there was no defender replaced. Um, that sounds a bit strange, in my opinion. Um, you know, just coming back on the overall context of the game, right? 
I thought in three or four occasions Cork were actually getting back into the game. So Waterford dominated the first quarter, right? We were seven points to five down. We clawed our way back to seven all. And actually at that point, I said, we're, we're actually up to the pace of the game. And next all we conceded two goals. Now, I, I look back on, on, on the Matt Coleman situation with both goals, right? And, I, and, I, and I'm going to go back here to um, uh, Martin Fogarty. He came to Killa about 10 years ago. And he was discussing the, um, the blocking of the ball, right? And he said they practiced it umpteen times about blocking the ball, about a defender coming out. And he said on no occasion had you a chance to block it. But we were constantly telling our midfielders and half hours to put up their hurley because most hurlers will strike the ball at the same impact point nearly all the time. And he said, all you need is a smidgen on the slitter, he said, to deflect it. Now, Mark Coleman on both goals was close enough, in my opinion, to put his hurley across to get in a block on, on, on Pear Corn and Stephen Bennett. And on no occasion, well, he certainly didn't put up his holly for Stephen Bennett. It was kind of, he conceded. And I think you made a point in the paper today that Kieran Joyce got turned for, by Stephen Bennett. And, and he was a long way some goals and he got turned, but nobody came to meet him. So I, I think there's an attitude amongst defending currently, certainly in Cork, anyway. You know, it's okay if a fella gets three or four points. It doesn't make any difference. Sure, we'll get the next ball. You know when you were playing, if your man scored a point or a goal, you were under pressure from the get-go. You were feeling it yourself. But that seems to have gone out the window now. Huh? Correct. Absolutely and rightly so. Jesus, if your man if your man got two points from play, you'd be looking out to the side and saying, I'm in trouble here if he gets a third one. Like. But it, it's acceptable now. So I think as a group, you know, they have to attack the ball with more physicality. On a huge number of occasions, Cork players went with one hand in the hurley to gather the ball going into contact on Saturday night. And they were blown out of it. And that's that's just not good enough. That's not good enough. In a, in a, in a national final, yeah, it just should be... Like, there was no fill ended up in CUH and there's no need for a fellow to carry a second holly. I don't know, there's no need for holly carriers. Because it's <laughs> something about the holly broke, like... Dale, 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 Dale I thought there's... Like, we, we said beforehand... Actually, before I go any further, I was the one last week, Dale, one out of four. I said it was going to be a high-scoring game. And I said that Waterford would win. Don't like to remind you. I'm sure you remembered anyway. Um... I thought that the systems beforehand were pretty similar in the way both teams play. But at times, like at the game, it got frustrating for Cork followers. It was too much across the field and there were too many passes. It just, it just didn't make any sense. And the other thing too was, even if you look at Waterford in the second half with some of the puck outs, right? Go to the full back, back to the keeper and land. Waterford didn't have a problem going on. So at least from their game was, they have that mix in the system, which allows that, which they're very flexible with, and like their hunger around the breaking ball was huge. Whereas I suppose that is the key challenge for Cork over the next two weeks is like positionally, tactically, and game plan wise, are you sticking? And you kind of nearly have to, because I don't think you're going to fix that in two weeks. Yeah. Well, like I, I, I'd be awful frustrated now being involved with teams as well that, that, um, like it's like a free for all, like that we'll zonally mark because we did that with a development squad or something like that, and we, I, I it really frustrates life out of me. I, I, I showed us still last night of a cork line ball, where every Waterford guy was touch tight with his men. So I said, okay, if you want to go, you want to go short side on ball at a Limerick, we're going marking you like, and and for me like that's that's just uh, 
the manager is in charge and he's saying he's laying that down as uh you know it's it's an unquestionable it's 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 just uh that's that you do that or you won't be out there and i think this is what cattle is bringing a level of discipline you know the aussie thing like i said as he probably has even the panties hand now as he because as he's probably looking on brick and saying jesus i can't afford to be flicking back on anyone anymore like you know because liam is the gaffer and that's 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 the end of, end of it like we play the way he wants us to play and that's it well, uh, just on, on Saturday night, like in relation to the way Cork played, it was similar to the way Warford played against Limerick in the semi-final last year. They were passing the ball laterally across, but they weren't breaking the tackle. And Cork were very much like that. And one of the goals, uh, Pat, uh, Stephen Bennett's goal, was from a turnover from that. They just weren't breaking the tackle. It was it was going nowhere. They were passing for the sake of it, waiting for the opportunity to leave this perfect ball into the full forward line. And, and that's why I, I'd say they're looking for this perfect pass, but they were getting nowhere. To be fair to Warford, what they've worked on is breaking that tackle. And they've look, they've serious pace as well. Like, you know, Cork have, have that too uh, in abundance, but it's the break in the tackle is, is where they're coming up against it. And Watford learned that uh, the, the hard way against Limerick last year in the All-Ireland semi-final. They just could not break that tackle. They were they were over and back, but getting nowhere, passing for the sake of it. And Cork, Cork will, obviously, they'll uh, analyse that in their own backroom team and see that uh, they, they they need to they need to break the tackle, go at the shoulder. And what was impressive, I suppose, from a tackling point of view from Warford, they were standing off the Cork players uh, coming out to a degree uh, and leaving them use up their steps before they, they, they went at them. That's what happened with yeah, that's what happened with Joyce there at one stage. He was coming out and he overcarried it because Warford had, had stood off him so uh, so so much. And then we say from the puck outs that you've spoken about from Warford's point of view, Cork, there's given a, allowing him going short, uh, but Warford could have, you know, they, they, there was no engagement at all there. Uh, they, they allowed the Warford full back line go short and there was still no press after that at all, which was very surprising. And again, look, this is the thing. Warford are up there. Teams analyse them. It's like Limerick the last number of years. Uh, you, you, when you're when you're the when you're the the standout performer during the league or whatever, teams analyse you and they and and they come up with tactics and and things like that. And that's what that's what teams are trying to do with Limerick being the the flag bearer the last couple of years. You know, I know, but. You're doing it with lads maybe who we'd know their names as we're kind of avid followers, I suppose. And um, But like Corrock Daly, fair enough, so I'm in a Hearty Cup final, let's say only two years ago. Um, Neil Montgomery, Jack Pender, uh, Daryl Lines. These are kind of new names on the inter-county scene relatively now. I know Jack and, and Darren, I, I would have been involved underage, obviously, with Limerick, so I'd know these fellas. But the general maybe... Led the goes to these league games and goes to the championship matches for his own county. He might know them, but Jesus, they're bringing like Montgomery for the second goal, Daly for the the fourth goal. Um, you know, just get the ball. I'm going in with this, and I suppose trying to show it last night, he had an opportunity to go for a point. Uh, Carrick Daly had, and he had space, but he just said, "Nah, I'm going in here." And Tim O'Mahony tried to come across to him. He kind of brushed him off. And and uh, no, he was just off balance. Maybe Tim O'Mahony coming to him, but 
you know, in nothing else in his mind, pop pass in over Sean O'Donoghue's head. And TJ's point about Desi, I think, is right. And I think Bally Gunner used that at times as well this year, where so much attention on Desi, letting, let, take him away out of the area, bring the best defender out of the full back line. And, and, uh, but but uh, point is, these are new guys. Like. Clare do that massively with Tony Kelly. They know he's going to be man marked, so they bring him back to field and create a five on five inside. Like you know what I mean. So it's a it's a tactic when you know a fella is going to be pulling their their best defender, you 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 pull him out of the way. But look, uh, I suppose obviously Carrick Daly is only a nineteen year old, but the rest of them, Liam Liam Cattle is in his third year now. Like you know what I mean. So that Warford are on the road, like with a with a while in the scheme of this new management, but. Look, it's the intensity, like as we talk about Limerick, uh, you know, the intensity that they are training at, that's where it comes from. And Warford are trying to do that in their own training sessions. Like, And it's it's not this fluke that a fellow runs by or things like that. It's created in training, like, you know what I mean? And that's that's why we've all been admiring Limerick for the last number of years. It's the, it's the way they're training and Warford are doing the same. And allied to the fact that, the pace they have, Cork's pace is, particularly in the forwards, would probably match Warford, but uh, they're the two probably fastest teams in the championship. Um, but uh, Warford may be physically stronger. Yeah, big name. It was probably. striking actually, Brick. You you mentioned one of the um, incidents <clears throat> where there might have been a bit of fist pumping went on. Was Robbie O'Flynn gathered the ball about 80 or 90 yards out and he, he soared from the sideline straight into the centre forward position? And there was three Waterford fellas on his tail, and I think it was Daryl Lyons probably got the hook at the end. And like he was, he it was well deserving, but it, it was amazing. TJ, we had a great view of that, like because uh, I'd say Robbie had about three yards on the boys when he started, day, but they were gaining, and maybe Robbie was slowing about to get the shot off. But like it was a ferocious. The pace of the game, lads, has gone to an all-time high level. It's ferocious the pace that's involved now. Well, they seem they seem to want to hunt him down more. For like you know, people might say Daisy Hutchinson was um wasn't one of his better games, but his work rate was incredible. Like you know what I mean? And that's the thing. That's what all the top teams are bringing it to it, their work rate, work rate, work rate. And to be fair, uh, that's what they seem to be honing in. And as we said, like that brought the more of a team lift nearly than the goals, like, you know. And one thing there, like, Mark, we, I mean, you touched on it quite a bit on the show, was Belly Gunner getting over the line, winning the Ireland club. And, and you know, it was a senior title going back to Waterford, I suppose, for the first time since the All-Ireland in 59, really. Um, at, at, at that level, like kind of, you know what I mean? All Ireland club, all Ireland country. Yeah. There hasn't been a massive belly gunner influence. I mean, we we kind of said that if we were Liam Cahill after the belly gunner winning, we'd come back to Stephen O'Keefe, begging him to come back. Like, and uh, you know, like Desi mm-hmm. didn't maybe. I agree with you, Brick as well. He did work very hard, and obviously the tactic of using him to create space as well as there. But I mean, there hasn't been a massive belly gunner influence. Like, um, you'd say a tie coming back fist possibly the best centre-back in the game, like, um, was more important than Belly Gunner winning. Like, there isn't an over-reliance on Belly Gunner in any way. Like. No, there, there, there's not. Um, there, there isn't anything, but it's just, I suppose, a general feel-good factor around the county. Um, like, Belly Gunner are possibly the most respected club in Waterford. Their due diligence to getting things right um, as a club, their game plan is fantastic. And then Cahill obviously had to 
plan without the belly gunner players when they went on the All Ireland campaign. So, you know, when some of the the, the I suppose when some of the stock is away with and everybody else's stock is rising because they're there and they're in the front line <clears throat> and they're at training every night with the intercounty players. So you mentioned the the, the Neil Montgomery's and the Shane McNulty's and players like that, and like the Earl Daly's, the Carrick Daly's, they're only young lads that, that we saw playing in um, in Christians a number of years ago here in Cork, and like the likes of the Shane Barrett's and the Paddy Powers, uh, they would have played with them uh, with CBC. So, um, but it's just Ballygunner are a really top quality club to do things right, and I think that Liam Cahill, you know, in terms of the inter-county setup, then is doing things so right in Waterford. It's phenomenal. And it's no surprise then when you think, you look at the stat of 2019's league final, that only one player has gone from the Limerick panel, that's Tom Condon. There's only four remaining on the Waterford panel since 2019, since Liam Cahill has come in. So that'll tell you the influence that Liam Cahill and Mickey Bevins have made. That they have gone out, they have totally rejigged the players and and found I won't say found new players, but but have picked maybe a different type of player that is prepared to listen, to learn, and do what he's told. And I I didn't have the pleasure of being on last week to discuss the Aussie situation, but I'm going to discuss it now. So, you know, I don't know am I back by popular demand, Dale, or am I back for one show only? But I'm here today anyway. So I see how you get on. I see how you get on. I'm going... <laughs> <laughs> like, you know. Ozzy, my dear man, you know, there's a, there's a standard that needs to be kept. And, and the only saving grace I will give him, right, is that I thought that the defender went down and he shouldn't have went down. And we've discussed that before because we actually have a, probably a few fellas on the, on the show today that I think if they got a belt, the last thing they'd be doing is going down. And there's no good for the cornerback from Wexford to be pleading the case of, the, of, of Ozzy and he getting a red card when the damage was done. But Ozzy... You're 20 points up. You're in the National League final. You know, you, it's let it go. Like, let it go. You don't have to be shown that you're that good all the time. And take your leadership from the Brian Cochran's, the Brian Wheelahan's, you know, the uh, the Henry Shefflin's. They were fellas that got plenty digs down through the, and plenty jibes thrown at them. But they didn't have to flick back a holly to get, to, to get into the final word. They get on with the game. Yeah, I made the point um, last week, Mark, that you don't see Tony Kelly flicking back. Like, no, they don't need you know. to do that. They, yeah, their, their name is cemented. He, he, he's young hurler of the year, senior hurler of the year, a good number of years ago. You don't need to be getting involved in that kind of rubbish. You know, no, I, I, I find it disappointing. I'd say he was getting a bit of sledging. There's no point in saying otherwise. And, and it's easy maybe to get in under his skin, but he's going to have to learn to deal with that. And I'm, I'm sure Liam Cahill and Mickey Bevins have had a word with him already. But the ball now is back. And I know you, everybody will say, oh, Cahill has him where he wants him. But the ball is back in Ozzy's court now to, you know, to show the leadership. He's after getting the stinging now this weekend. Water after winning the National League title without him. So, Ozzy, it's up to you now to prove yourself to, the, to yourself and your family and your club and your people around you. Listen, I, I had the temperament for this game long term because he's got a fantastic career ahead of them, of, ahead of him. And Waterford have a fan, like Waterford are one of the teams that are going to be there now for the next five, six years if they keep their feet in the ground. That's the reality. Mark, you're like uh, you're like Elsa from Frozen there with Let It Go. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, um, what, 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 what I what I would say on that is, look, to be fair, 
the top players, I, I look, I, I know it wasn't ideal and things like that. The top players always live on the edge to a degree. Like, you know what I mean? Now, look, it was probably petulant enough, but these things happen. None of us are angels. I think in the modern game, I I I I I I look at TJ nodding at me now. I'd say TJ hit a few fellas in his time, a bit like myself. <laughs> un- unfortunately, <laughs> but look, you... it, 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 it's the way the modern game has gone. The referees are, are are watching it, and probably the more high-profile players. But I suppose from a performance point of view, I have to say Austin was top class against Wexford, and he was even when Warford played poorly against Kilkenny. I thought he worked very, very hard uh, and and played well and and really uh, brought a lot to that game. So look, obviously it's disappointing for him to miss such a big game and hopefully he'll bring what he has brought the last couple of weeks and last couple of months to it. And he's learned a lot under this regime, no question. But like over the next couple of weeks, it'll bring him out of him and he's learned his lesson. But like if you look at... We say again using Limerick as the benchmark, Garrod, Hegarty, those players, they 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 they've been known to do a little bit, but I suppose look from from Aston's point of view, it was off the ball. But again, those players are are watched a whole lot more and anything they do is I suppose marked down to the letter of law because it's always a high profile case, you know. Yeah, and Austin, if you're listening, Mark Landers has spoken on this issue now, so um... <laughs> Um, and uh, plus, we... plus, Ozzy, you cost you cost me the fantasy holding competition as well. But don't, don't worry reason. about that. Like, That's it's only the league. <laughs> I, I don't think you have to worry about that anymore, Dell. I think I think Ozzy will have learned this. This is a harsh lesson, and you probably have to say from Liam Carl's point of view during the week, it was brave and uh, basically not to go appeal. I thought last week that they had a small chance of maybe getting off, but I didn't think there was much in it. But he called it early. He got on with it. He has Ozzy where he wants him. Like, Ozzy, I, I, I think now we're going to see an incredible championship from Ozzy. He's going to get on with it. Lesson is learned. He missed the league final. And I'd, I'd say that's done and dusted. Yeah, I um, I think, you know, yeah, it was it was very minimal. And, and I think Simon Dunne, who knew as well straight away, I shouldn't have gone down here. And he got, you know, I, I think he kind of copped straight away that he shouldn't have. But I suppose just maybe the moment, I won't be too harsh on him either. But I, I agree with Brick. I think Austin is playing the hurling of his life. And this is a former player of the year now. You know, um, he's just unmarkable at the moment, like, and, and uh, he'll force his way in there somewhere along the way, uh, nearly for sure. Um, Dale, can I ask a question? Yeah. Is there a tactic now amongst managements of inter-county players that if a fella gets hit that he goes down? Are they being encouraged to go down? And I'm going to ask yeah. you all, like, what's your opinion on? Like, I know what my gut feeling would be. The last thing you do, no matter how hard you were hit, was to go down. But fellas yeah. are falling like flies. Like, are we becoming the soccer? Are we? Is this the new thing in the soccer thing now? Like, you know? Yeah. Well, look at on that example. I know Darry Egan. I know Niall Cochran. No way would that be in their their, their thing. Like, lads watching a lot of telly now in soccer. I suppose. <laughs> you know, maybe it's just Austin would have that little bit of a reputation. So, you know, that that you know, I got him. I got him to flee. But like you saw, we're very funny. Arrived. We didn't have to come in for a bit later yesterday. Myself and Liam Sheedy, and the football was on. You know. So we went into the room and two Colm Gooch and, and Colm O'Rourke were watching it there with, with Rory and, and with Joanne. And uh, the next thing we saw, the lad from Mayo kind of sledging um, David Clifford, Clifford, you know. And like 
I was saying, what, what would your reaction be there now, Dalos? Gooch says to me, I, and if, I, if I was as good as David Clifford now, Gooch, which I never was or never would nearly be, I said, I said, you better shut up now or I'd score about 2-2 two, two off you. You know, <laughs> you know, and he proceeded to get about 1-2 certainly off him anyway, you know, so and I look at sledging and that sort of stuff. It can be, if, if you think you can do something to win for your team, but I think the way modern technology has gone now and cameras are everywhere now and, you know, we'd even pictures of the 2E on, on our Twitter feeds, like, on Saturday night <laughs> with TJ with his Peaky Blinders hat on him that he'd done in Cheltenham, like, you know, so, like, look, you can't do anything now, so I think players have to realise that as well, that managers would be banging, banging that through the whole time, you know, so, um, look, it, it has happened. I, I, I think he learned. I think he's matured an awful lot as a player. Just one of those. It was, it was minimal, as TJ said. The content it was very, very minimal. Like you know, but no, no point. We, we spoke about it last week. You know, TJ just wanted to throw one thing at you there. You know, like Tom Liam last night. You know, and funny enough, this off air completely and underage success. Like has been completely overrated now. You know, I used to have these rows now with Joe McKenna about not winning under sixteen tournaments, not winning the minor All Ireland. These Walford players have no underage titles, really. These new lads, you know. Um, I'd be fair and right in saying that, Rick. I'd say, would they? They wouldn't. They might have. Uh, I, 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 think, I think the the core group they've they've won that minor and under twenty one, like you know what I mean. Which yeah, that's, that's like Stephen Bennett group, though, an Aussie group. I. I know, but uh, like when you come into a setup with with fellas that are used to winning, the fellas in the prime of their career, uh, they are the they are driving the the standards for the younger fellas, you know. So uh, that's that's what I see on that side of things. Like I I know what you're saying, those younger fellas, yeah, mightn't have mightn't have had it, but again, it's coming from like two or three years ago when you look at Warford before Liam came in, like you'd be saying. Warford are in a bad position here. They're they're in trouble, you know. Uh, but what they've done uh, has been driven by by um, by the management. But I do think you're you're backboned by fellas that have had that underage success and have been involved in. We'll say Tig might be a little bit older, but would would have won the under under twenty uh, or would have won the league final in twenty fifteen. Things like that, and you'd have. Off the top of my head, maybe four or five of the key players that would have been part of that minor and under twenty, under twenty, under twenty-one team at the time. Mm, yeah, I, I'm just thinking. I would say the, the four or five lads I named out earlier that were making these breaks, and uh, you know, I ran about that Harky final and, and the Cork lads involved as well, and, and Flannan's beating them, and everyone kind of saying clear of nothing coming through, kind of thing, you know. And they were all a clear team. There was no borders obviously involved. But is it overplayed a small bit, TJ, in the sense that tip? Tip won all those. Now, funny enough, Liam Cattle was in charge of them for really winning all those things. And they seem to be struggling to bring the the kernel of them through. Jack Morris, fair enough. But the rest, could you say they'd start? The Joe Browns, the Petty Cadells, the Brian McGraths, the Mark Hughes, possibly, look, two, two or three of them possibly will start. But we'd be making, I think every bookie or any, anyone out there would be making uh, Watford overwhelming favourites for the match in two weeks' time. And, and yet these tip boys seem to have won it all at underage. I think it can be overplayed at times. The two things I'm going to say about club and county, what you're looking for from your underage setup, right, is two things. Number one is that they're in a good setup where they can get the attitude right, the facilities are available to them to maybe improve both physically and hurling wise. And like all you can get out of most teams underage, and you know this in club scene, is what? One, two, three players. You can get two players a year or your teams are happy. Sometimes 
you can still get those two guys out of an average team that might have had the success, but you're still getting your two players for the senior team. And that's the key. And like, you can have, let's say, a really, really, really good minor team at club or county level, right? There probably isn't room for 10 or 12 of them to jump onto a senior panel. That's the reality, because your senior panel only evolves like, maybe small numbers year on year, but you're always looking for the one or two guys. And if you go to, let's say, a guy's plan or a Clare Castle team and under 14s or under 13s, they look, and you go looking at them tonight, you're looking for to see, is there two players in there that will play senior hurling for my club? That's what you're looking for. And the count is a little bit the same. But what I will say is the setup is key, where they're exposed and given the opportunity to kind of flourish and improve and know that the kind of roadmap is there for really good players to go on and be part of the senior squad. That is equally as important as winning. Obviously, it's lovely to win a minor or under one because it gives you belief in the setup and maybe it kind of gives belief in the whole county and the, the management side of it to say that, look, these guys are up to scratch. But what's key is that the setup is run well. Yeah, and, and, and I suppose giving them qualities and, and, you know, teaching them that these are the vital things like Mark spoke about, um, who's Martin Fogarty going down, Mark, and, you know, basic stuff that you, 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 you know, I used to always have this with Joe McKenna that I say, like, you know, you want to get the values in them that they'll kind of bring with them over the years. And, and the, you know, I think that's, that's probably more important than collecting a minor All-Ireland. I would, I would, I would say that. And, you know, so look, yeah, that's, an, that's another day's work, I suppose. Um, TJ, you would no longer be eight to 13 favourites for the All-Ireland. Like, I mean, this team are, uh, this team are a serious threat now, aren't they? Absolutely. Like I said at the start, you couldn't but be impressed with all facets of what Walter are at the moment. Like, they're certainly the form team. I know Brick will probably tell us now he's only the league and like teams like to up the ante for, for the championship, and I, I take that. But right now, those players and that management team can't do anything other than what they've just done. They've put a bit of silverware in the bag. They'll be focused. Like, as I said, the management team is impressive as well. They have them on cue every single time. And I suppose, like, if you want to maybe take two players that kind of maybe completely epitomise everything that's good about Watford at the moment is those two boys in the middle of the field. Daryl Lyons and Cat Rock Daly. They're, like, energy, their efforts, their work rate, doing the right things all the time with the ball, back out to the middle of the field. Really, really impressive. And the other thing is, the two farm forwards that Watford probably had, outside of Stephen Bennett now, because he's been flying it, right, would probably have been Desi and Mikey Kiley from the Fitzgibbon Cup, right? And you could say that they didn't have their best games, but it's just all of them are playing for the team and doing the job. And that's what's really, really impressive about it. They're prepared to do whatever it takes to win this game and they move on to the next day. Their ball handling. Desi caught two balls in front of us, Marco. He caught one about two inches off the grass, right? Which was just, it was just fired at him, right? And yet, his ball handling and his skills were able to do that. And there was another one there. He was inside in a really, really tight ruck. And he gave an under-the-arm hand pass just literally within a couple of inches and got, got themselves out of trouble. So, look, they're obviously practicing an awful lot of tackling. They're breaking the tackle. Everything that right now says the Wanford are form team. And we said all along, Delo, that they were definitely in the number two position. Maybe in a couple of weeks' time, we'll be saying they're in the number one. Yeah, yeah. I, I look at um, for those of them who did, said we didn't give them enough praise last night. I think we give them enough this morning, Bricky. Happy enough there that we we 
we think he could win the whole thing like I know. Uh, re- realistically, from a Warford perspective, you know, look, it, it, it is obviously a great achievement when the, the league Warford have only won, I think that's only their fourth one ever. Um, but, uh, like, you know, the concentration is going to go down to the tip, we, uh, tip game, you know, that's going to be a massive game. As I said to you, when a team is winning, they're built up to be knocked off their perch. And that's the way Warford are. Tip, tip obviously, are at home, analysing what they, what, what they need to do all that side of things, you know. But Warford just need to keep keep doing what they're doing, um, bringing that intensity to every game. But again, from the tackling side of things, uh, you know, the Cork game, the Wexford game, they, Warford were not stopped in their tracks. Like, they weren't, uh, they weren't tackled the way you would be expecting Tip to hit him in Welsh Park in a couple of weeks, Limerick to hit him. And Cork, Cork and Wexford will see that they, they need to, I suppose revert to their side of things and, and bring that intensity and ferocity ferocity that they, they need to compete. But tip in in Welsh Park in the next couple of weeks is going to be a massive one for Walford because look, your first game sets up your season and your Munster Championship. And as I said earlier, Connor Prunty said in his speech for the people to stick with him, they know they're going to they're not going to get through Munster unbeaten. You know what I mean? And like it's going to be a huge test for them to carry that favours tag into that tip game in a couple of weeks and perform. They have been doing it, but as we said, it's it's the league side of things, you know, and, and it's going to be a massive one. Uh, is there any danger, Brick, that Watford are a better team in the likes of Turles, Parky Key, that Welsh Park could be perceived? I mean, Mark obviously gets the, the, the dimensions of fields wrong at times. He keeps on saying that small field in Cusick Park. But uh, um, um, is there any bit of a danger that their game is more suited to the wide expanses of Turles, let's say, than Walsh Park? Yeah, uh, probably. But over the last couple of years with Liam Cahill, they've done an awful lot of job, uh, an awful um, great job of kind of making it a fortress or their, 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 their I'd say they've, I haven't done the numbers now or anything like that, but I presume they've 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 um they've had a good record over the last two or three years in Welsh Park. But yeah, you, you, you'd imagine Torless, Parky Cueve, Crow Park are are, are are the the real opportunities to leave that place or in us, yeah, to leave that leave that place out there. Um, but yeah, to be fair, on on the other side of things about Welsh Park, there's been an awful lot of work done on the field. There's a chap looking after that uh, from Passage, and he's doing after doing a great job. And it is a it is a better surface, and uh, uh, but again, it is a little bit tighter. So you, you, you I could nearly get away with still playing down there. <laughs> yeah. I tell the brick, you'll get away with Crow Park as well, by no fear you. <laughs> You couldn't give Cork Cork one year break, could you? They sit, put you in the back. <laughs> we take him. We take him. No problem at all. Look, I don't want to be looking too far ahead because we have a couple of live shows next week, so we better keep the previews for that anyway. So, a bit shorter on on all our analysis today. Um, fantastic catch off the water for them. Love them watching them as well. It's kind of champagne hurling. I've said it in the article a few times. It's really, I mean. Some have some have been at stick work at the moment. It's just the die to be whole. Like you know, it finishes off the hurley low to the corner, unstoppable stuff, really. And I mean, it's just fantastic uh, stuff to work uh, to watch. Uh, I should say the team of the league, lads. I don't know if you saw it, TJ. We we, we give. I think we give eight to Watford and three to Kilkenny, three to Cork, and one to Wexford. Yeah, I saw it right there. It was very hard to argue with any of the fellas you have on. Look, 
it was league not everybody played every game so very hard to argue what you did I'm going to go with you on this occasion but what I was going to say to you Thanks, before you away is if you were the Cork manager now Dale right? are you changing things this week well I said it last night TJ you, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater but there's a couple of tweaks need to be made anyway because that central thing like I I just think maybe the Coleman thing maybe there's too much for because had Jer Mellerick a job to do as 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 going back as a centre back and Lehan was coming out to the half forward line and let's say uh Hoggy and Connolly up front. Did Melrick more or less just have a poor game or was he was his touch off, stuff like that? That's what I'd be looking at a bit. And is is his role maybe better to go back at number three? Or do you do you do you risk obviously you face Gillan, so do you risk Daryl Leary on Gillan? You know? So maybe that's Mark about that. I, I, I don't know. Jeremy Miller for me, just couldn't get to the pitch of the game, Mark. Well, wasn't going. Yeah. Jor, Jor, uh, Jor, and Jor has been, has, been uh, has had a, a good couple of seasons. Um, you know, he's had a lot of injuries, but um, he was entrusted to Mark TJ Reid last year in the All-Ireland semi-final centre-back. So he obviously has the fate of certainly Kian Kingston. And you mentioned the new management, the two new guys into the team into the management team, and I don't know what kind of an influence they're having, but they certainly are having some bit of an influence on it, all right. And, um, but for me, if I was picking the team in the morning, <clears throat> I'd be putting John Melrick back, corner back. I'd be tossing a kind in between Daryl Leary and Damien Cahalana full-back because I don't think we have any other choices. And trying to know picking the other corner, I would be uh, putting Kieran Joyce back out, wing-back. I'd be moving Tim O'Manny, centre-back, and Robert Downing, the other wing. And I'd be putting Coleman in midfield with Dara Fitzgibbon. So if we want to attack with pace, sit the two of them back in front of the half-back line and either going left or right, you have the two of them. But for me, there has to be a change. I, I, I think this quarterback role, Tom Brady stuff, I, and I, I've said it already, I think he's a victim of the system now, Mark Coleman, that he's lost his physicality. And that's not down to himself. He's a victim of the system. And for me, I'd like to see Tim O'Manny going in centre-back and Joyce coming back. I, I thought Joyce will... He'll learn a lot from Saturday night now, Kieran Joyce, because in general play, he wasn't. He had a very good game. He got caught for the two goals. Probably didn't learn from the first one. He got caught. He got out-muscled. But he'll learn from it. He's a smart kid. He, but people are crying out to put him in centre-back. No way. Not, not, not. He's too young. He's too young yet. Leave him off. He's like a two-year-old with Aidan O'Brien that he needs to be held for the Derby next year. He needs another year, another season under his belt. Stick him out in a half-back, then he'll be fine. But for me, I, I, I know now they probably won't change because they're so close to championship. But the ballsy thing would be to change. And John Myler a couple of years ago had Mark Ellis in the terrace below in Parky Cueve. And the following week, he was sent up back in the championship. So... You couldn't write that kind of stuff, but we have a habit of do, you know, mushrooms coming overnight and stuff like that. But um, to me, I I would be doing a bit of a twist because I think I think to have the players to be able to twist it as well, Anthony. Yeah, I I, I couldn't. Now we talk about it. We'll be live Tuesday week in Castlehay. Um, I couldn't have Tim O'Mahony at six. I, he doesn't want to mark. I, he's a brilliant player going forward. He was Cox's best player going forward Saturday night. But I'd have him under pressure for three of the goals, like. Yeah, but do you, do you not he think that he brings a physical... He, he didn't but, track Hatton Curran for the first goal. He got brushed off by Carrick Daly for 
the, the Desi Hutchinson goal, okay, that was one. He came to tackle, maybe he was off balance. But he didn't come to meet Stephen Bennett then at all um, when he was going through after the catch off Jace. And for me, I, I, I'd be putting him up at 11, possibly. But look, yeah, but, you, I, 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 but I mentioned this already already on the podcast. There is there is a feeling and there is a sense as a defender now at inter-county level that you can give away three or four points. It doesn't make any difference. You don't have to tackle fellas anymore because I don't know whether they're afraid to get injured, but it just... Ash, it's okay. Like if he scores, it's grand. Doesn't the boys will get another score up the other side? Like you know, whereas in the past, Jesus, we won an All Ireland scoring thirteen points in total, in total, because every ball mattered. Whereas now it isn't every ball matters. It's there's another ball coming. Shot is grand. Will be grand. This let's stick to the plan. That's all the sound boys. Stick to the process. Stick to the plan. But I I, I think I think there's a, there's too much theory going on. There's too much stuff going up on tactic boards and there's not enough hurling being done. And I go back to it, the 50-50 balls that the cock players went with one hand with the hurler instead of... And, and TJ, you made a point. Dara Fitzgibbon came to a ball and he was 60-40 to win the ball. And he went with one hand instead of plowing through the ball, winning it and riding the tackle at the same time. And that didn't happen and it's not happening. And that has to change. I, 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 if we have to win anything. All right, say on that. What I'd say on that, Mark, is to be fair, it's very difficult to make a lot of them 50-50 when they're pinging the ball to hand. Like the, uh, back, when, back, when, back when you were playing in the 90s, uh, Mark, uh, the, the, ball, the ball wasn't hit uh, uh, to the hand as much as it is now. I was talking to a fellow recently. He was, at, he was umpiring um, a game Limerick were playing in, and he said their ball to hand. He's never seen anyone hit the ball as uh, 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 we, as much pace to hand in fairness to yeah. Warford the other night our ball to hand was incredible so it is a very difficult as a back nowadays your 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 uh, i suppose the ball is just two hand you see the same with the puck outs now it's very difficult to make him 50 50 uh, uh, um, a challenge and uh, a fella for, for a puck up because they're pinging that ball two hand at times it looked like a tennis ball on, on on saturday night they're just incredible at that and even yeah. in modern times i don't know what year it was but jj delaney one of the best backs that ever played he was brilliant in an all-ireland final i think it was the time he hooked Callanan. But I think Callan got four or five points from play off him, even though we everyone was raging about JJ Delaney's performance. Nowadays, it's very difficult from a back's perspective to hold the score, a uh, hold the player scoreless, um, particularly with the way they're playing. You know, Dylan, I was going to say it was two things. Number one, from a Cork point of view, if you play the system that they play with a deep line centre back and you concede four twenty something is wrong so they have they can't come with the same again right that like it doesn't take Einstein to work that out the second thing I was going to say and get another positive for Waterford break was Waterford's shot selection was excellent they didn't they wasted very little they got the right ball in long when they had to they went short when they had to and that's a real sign that the system is working to perfection they did an awful lot of things right so as opposed to Cork when they took the extra couple of passes when they shouldn't have, and they should have pinged the ball in, like to the full forward line to Connolly and Hoggy. At times it was a bit delayed. I know I might give out about them that they didn't win this, didn't win that, but sometimes I'd say if you were in the full forward line for Cork, you probably were frustrated during that game. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I, I I just thought this over elaboration and 
there's nearly a disease all round the game now. Like we have to look sexy or something to give a little fifteen yard ball. And my and my corner forward is after making a run above, and he's after buying three yards of space. And and yet some fella has to give a little flicky thing to another fella, and no one need of it like that. I just tell you, it's great to see it actually in one way at Intercounty because I'm watching it at club level and it's frustrating the life out of me. At least, at least comparing it to one of the favourites for the All Ireland, tis tis a tis another day's work. But look, we we leave it there on that lads. Uh, good win for Westmead. Tease them up for a slap at Kilkenny. That won't be easy. Tough result for Down. I think in the two A, but Down had a great season and and uh, congratulate them as well. Good result for Joe Fortune and his men. Um, they're, they're, they're set up now, back up. I think Westmead are a county. You know, I always felt going into a match like this in Thurles that Westmead would have. They played in Joe McDonough finals. They played in the Leinster Championship next year. It was very hard for Down to match that on a big day. Davy Glennon getting three goals. He's not earning a medal. He's two Leinster Championship medals. You know, fellas like, um, you know, the, 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 the Jogger Dyle and, and uh, Killian Dyle and all these other lads. They've just been there. and So... Uh, congrats to Westmead. Good result for Down. Um, Tyrone beating Armand at 3A and Fermanagh beating Longford lads. Probably too many points in Murphy's for the Longford lads. Uh, but good good progress. We're ready for the championship. Um, but it, there is a, maybe a bit of a case there, kind of talking about it last night, even that maybe bring back an Ulster championship a bit. You know, maybe, maybe you know, um, if Antrim get back up from Joe McDonough, they'll want to play in Leinster. But they could fit in an Ulster championship. Down would certainly relish a big game with with Antrim anyway and an Ulster title at stake. So something that would be in my head anyway to develop Ulster hurling. Um, lads, the fantasy, I, you know, the league is over now. It's all about championship. And lads, that championship game now is starting in two weeks' time. So for all our listeners, uh, get your championship teams picked this week, next week, um, because we're, it was very little time. Normally, we have a good few weeks to be blowing it up. And, and well done to Owen Rua and the league. TJ, since Devon Locke lost the Grand National in 56, five lengths clear after jumping the last. Since Greg Norman lost the 96 Masters, uh, six shots clear, going into the final round. Limerick in 94, TJ, I'm going to have to put it in there, I'm sorry. But uh, has there been a bigger sporting collapse, TJ, than Mark losing the fantasy? <laughs> on, on, on the last year of the season, yeah. Huh? <laughs> Jesus, like, I've never seen anything like it in my life. Home and holes and picked off by the Temple Derry Kenyon, Mr. Larry Ryan, getting sick of winners as well, Larry, I can tell you that. Uh, and I made the oh. podium, I could win the Clare competition, win the Clare Castle one, and I could only get third in our one. So, unbelievable, TJ. Unbelievable. I suppose the big question, Mark, in fairness to Mark, but I will, you have to have a small bit of sympathy for him, the way the Stephen Bennett and the Aussie thing went. It was a master call to not pick Stephen Bennett for the semi-final and have Ozzy as his captain, even though he got sent off. And he was unlucky. I think if Bennett had been picked for the semi-final, he would have stuck with the plan. Uh, that was a bit unlucky. I suppose the big call, Marco, is is Ozzy going into the championship team? That's the big call now. Well, you know, I, I think I got led astray in the lead-up to the semi-final with Stephen Bennett's injury. The, the vibe on the ground the was that he was going to be the vibe on the ground is he was going to be spared for championship, but then the Aussie red card changed that a small bit. Now, looking at the scoreboard, having come from the wooden spoon for the last three years, I see we have two new fellas in Shawnee McGrath and Owen Cadigan down around the wooden spoon position. So I'm quite happy to accept second, Dale, because 
from the get-go, as you know, the only person I wanted to beat was you. <laughs> and narrowly, I came out on top, right? I'd only five points to spare, having got 1,668. But uh, Jesus, as he cost me big. And, and remember this, I played without Bennett against Wexford and Kilkenny as my captain. So I'd be proud enough that I got, a, I got very close to the top. But as I mentioned earlier, Larry's on Twitter, you see. He, Larry's on Twitter. He has all the inside track from early in the day. So mm. now that I've, I, I've kind of set a new standard for myself, I have a lot more work to do in the championship. Yeah, he was Larry's comparing it to Tottenham Hotspur like um, in the past. I don't think Tottenham were ever in a league winning position like you and, and blew it like, you know. And Larry, <laughs> we're up your ass as well from a sports point of view. Okay, so best of luck tonight at Sellers Park. But yeah, Mark, I, I look at... I'm, I'm more sorry for the man that's picking the team, Patrick Mulcahy, because he got it all wrong. Like, I mean, look... <laughs> You you would have to give us a rant there earlier about Austin and maybe he has to learn to mature a bit more and you can't be doing this. And I said, you don't see Tony Kelly doing this. And, and you made him captain, Mark. No one else. I did. Well, I tell you, Dale, I'd prefer to be criticised for having a go and trying to win than sitting back in the armchair and making no decision whatsoever. Is that TJ Ryan you're referring to? Well, look, I, like, I, I can only speak for myself. But I thought it was a ballsy move taking Bennett out and giving Gleason the captain's armband. But I think I'll be shy enough giving him the captain's armband. I'll have to see a bit more evidence from him in the remaining championship to see could I entrust him with that kind of leadership. That's the fate I had in him. I'm after getting stung. What, what you say, Mark? Let it go. Let it go, Mark. Let it go. <laughs> Elsa! Elsa, let it go. Mark. Go away today. You've the mayor scanned and everything looks good. And and go away and have a few pints today. And meet Pat later on. And and uh, you know, plan out the championship like for the for the for the yeah. championship because it is all about championship. Like look at TJ there. He's he's like as if he's lying down the Gaelic grounds there on the angle. He has the camera at the moment. I'm happy out, Jack. I we had a good run from the getaway getaway queen yesterday. Sure had really good. The information was spot on from the owner as well. Did you see that? Well, only for you sent it to me. I wouldn't have it because he won't send me that sort of a text like. <laughs> but fair play to forward none the text from the owner. He tell me nothing like. Well, I was off the show last week, then I'd have given you the tip. I'd have, I'd have given you the information if I was on the Dale show. But like you know, what can I say? Like you know. Well, you played well today, and I'll give you that. And you've taken your beat in the fantasy like a man as well, like you know. So yeah, yeah. How yeah. things going on look, the I just... up front, Mac? Well, you know, funny enough now, we went into Turles with 20,000 people there on Thursday night, or Saturday night, sorry. I cleaned down the seats for my buddy here, Mr. TJ Ryan. And just as I was sitting down, a man tapped me on the shoulder and he says, Jesus, he said, my buddy sent in an email there on Friday night. He said, looking for two memberships. I'm one of them, he said. We got no response to the email. Oh, I said, Jesus, I said, we, we cleared it out up to Wednesday night. And we had 420 membership requests at that stage. So I suppose a bit like going down Jones's Rose. Last of the Toblerones, lads. Last of the memberships now. This is it. And on, on, on an information point, um, I met Patrick Mullins in Fairy House because I went to see the Queen running yesterday. And she acquitted herself quite well. The jockey felt if, he, if she jumped the last, she would have won. But she'll, she'll, uh, she's in good form. But I met Patrick Mullins. Uh, Willie's son. So the Mullins camp would be very interested in us having a horse on behalf of the racing club with him. 
So that's Jim Bolger wrapped up. That's Willie McCreary wrapped up. That's Willie Mullins wrapped up. Um, we have one more fella to find, and I'm sure we will find him. And please keep the memberships coming in. I, I, I just have to mention one email that I got, and it was from a fella in London, and he just said, look, he said, I don't know anything about horse racing, he said. But he said, I put on your uh, podcast when I'm in the tube on the way to work, he said. And I have to say, it brings a smile to my face, he said, every day. So for those those people that are out there, who wherever, wherever you are, and we've had Abu Dhabi, Australia, Sydney, Antrim, Longford, Leitrim, you name it, there's people coming out of everywhere that are listening to the podcast, and they, the message that's coming through loud and clear is, they're getting a smile in their face and they feel happy getting off the podcast. So they want to be involved. They know nothing about racing. They just want to have a bit of fun and a bit of crack. And that's why in fairness to TJ, to quote TJ, this racing club will bring you to places you've never been and introduce you to people you have never thought you'd meet. Brick, we need a fantasy team off you for the championship. Yeah, yeah. You have two weeks notice. Get it in there, Brick, because this, this, this internal table here is getting more... Uh, our listeners, lads, our listeners, uh, he's he's been up there all the way. He's been having a good battle with you, Mark Moss. We have Tony O'Brien from Galtee Rovers. Well done, Tony. We have a couple of little prizes off here from Butler Hurleys and from Warren Hurleys. Uh, Kieran Clark uh, from Belness Green, presumed in Derry. Good, great performance, well, 1,700 points. And Larry is hoarding that as well. Jesus, Larry, by you. You don't, so I say you, you've joined up all them soccer ones over the years, Larry. You, you obviously <laughs> have to come, come up with the goods like you. Anyway, uh, and Mark is sixth there. I'm seventh on it, so we're not too bad. Uh, TJ, you, you have to have a family meeting, TJ. Yeah, and we're going all out for the championship. I made my intentions known from early on that the league were a little bit like Limerick. Championship team. As I said, with a call-up at last, I think it was Ken beat me later on. So, yeah, champ, no excuses. All about championship. Any inside track on Kyle Hayes? Will he will he be playing wing back, centre forward? My my sources at the moment tells me that there won't be no major change. Mm. I heard a different source that there might be. <laughs> let's, let's, Is that another one of those rumours, Della? Do you know what? I, no, Marco, just, we'll at least have, it's me saying it this time. It's not you. Like. <laughs> we'll have more to report the live show I, there next week. A lot of, there's a lot of mini leagues out there. There's a lot of mini leagues out there, lads, and, and uh, consistently, lads, if you win the Examiner Listeners League, you're going to be near the top. And Tony O'Brien, overall winner of the Fantasy Hurling as well. So, Tony, lads. So, know, Tony. There's a lot of mini leagues out there. And there's no, look, I have no problem with other codes. Chester Epton is a nice mini league. Derek Lynch has one there on Clare. Fair play, lads. They're having a couple. If you want to be up at the cut and trust, lads, get into our one. Like that's that's what I have to say. Like you know, um, TJ, any fogra fogras? Just a shout out to my buddy Owen Stapleton with Kildare on the twenties. They they had a very good win over Mead uh, the weekend, and they have another game coming up against Leash uh, this weekend. So had a little chat with Owen there last night. We had we just happened to meet up in a little bit of a shibine, not too far away from my own place. We sorted things out, and they're ready for the weekend. Okay, okay. We've cleared Limerick on, on, on the under 20s as well, Wednesday night, haven't we? That's correct, yeah. Wednesday night, yeah. You need of all your senior stars, of course. Colin O'Neill, all available. Colin Coughlin, Adam English. Actually, Dillo, what is the absolute rule with regards to the 26? If you're named in 26, you can't play under 20. With the fact that they won't have a game because it's over seven days out. So, Colin O'Neill, they can all play, can they? 
they can, I think. Uh, and I don't know if it's even the 26th. If once they play in the senior championship, <coughs> then they can't play. So if Limerick, if Limerick go on and win the Ireland, they won't see any action under 20 if Colin O'Neill, let's say, just to take Carl, for example. But if Limerick somehow get knocked out in Munster, and, and on current form, that's a possibility, then Kyle can go back and play the 20s if they keep progressing in that, which is mad rule, really, isn't it? They it's should be just allowed to play ridic- at their own age level. Like. It's a ridiculous rule that you're denying the underage team their best players. It's ridiculous. It has to, to play change. with your friends as well. The word, you know, the, the fellas Dale, from your them. podcast, this word needs to go to Crocker, that we want that rule removed with immediate effect. Because you're denying that underage team their best player and their buddies, the fellas that have come up with the development squad since they're 13, played in the Tony Forrest and all the way up along the line. It's, it makes no sense whatsoever, that rule. And it was yeah, a football we... rule that came in. Another <laughs> football rule. Come here, just Mark, on the technology side of things, the one minute Hawkeye decision uh, in Torless is a bit long for me anyway when I'm sitting at home watching it on the television. <laughs> A minute. Well, it was obviously was one minute. It was obviously the tech. Abbott, look, to be fair, it, it was the technology in Tullus technology overall, because in Crow Park, in fairness, they'd have that down in, 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 in have that decision made in 20 seconds. But isn't we didn't have a whole pile of talking points? So how did Liam Gordon play, in your opinion, the other night? Like there was no major incidents in the game, was there? No, but a few fellas now was look at there's a lot of we've done so much talk on this show about hand passing. Like, and Connor, Connor Donovan actually sent me a quick clip of the first squad for goal. Did Mike Kiley throw the ball to Patrick Curran? Like, and, and, and the way they're reffing it is if you're in doubt, you blow the free. No, it's a major goal scoring chance. So, does Liam <coughs> get caught up in that a little bit and, and say, you know, I don't pull back a goal scoring chance? But then he did pull back for a free that Waterford. Clearly, we're going in for a goal chance. Patrick Collins made a good save, but the Watford man was onto the rebound and banged it in, and we blew it back. But I thought overall yeah. he had a fair game. Yeah, I thought overall he had a fair I, game. I, I thought he had a fair game. I, I, I know Kieran Kingston probably would have approached uh, Fort Official on a number of occasions. He'd been unhappy with a lot of, but like when you're when you're a player out in the field and you can sense that if you're conceding twice as many Thanks. frees as the opposition, Rick, you need to tone it down. What killed me was after half time. Cork were six points down and they conceded a free with the first play of the game. They went up the field, got a point from playing themselves. They came back down the field and conceded another free and Cork went up the field and got another point from playing. So, like, we would have had it back to four points. It should have been, the defence, there has to be said, don't concede easy freeze. I mean, it was crazy on Saturday night. And, and TJ, you remember one with Matt Coleman in front of us, like, he had the ball if he came to it. And he gave him a tap of the hurl into the free, and it was ridiculous. Like, yeah, Dello, what was impressive in Turles on Saturday night was they have a trendy new big screen in the town in goal with a trendy scoreboard, which allowed myself and Marco. We were able to watch the replays live, it was really cool. So, kudos to Turles for that, to be fair. So, it's a good, it's a good thing that wasn't there in your day. I wouldn't have liked to see some of the replays now, Dello. Yeah? <laughs> Once was enough. <laughs> the fellow took his clothes off. They want to be looking to show that replay again. You wore the holy off his ass. <laughs> yeah, quick shout out, lads, to the lads from West Belfast. Uh, they got the Mona boys uh, down to me there Saturday. Um, only, only a few. We had enough for a seven aside, including me. But the, the lads were meant to go to Santa Ponza. They go somewhere every year. And the flight was cancelled out of Belfast. So... The great hurling men, so they hit for Kilkenny first, 
and then they bet for Ennis and they came back to Morty's and uh, but they were going back in for the disco now and these lads aren't in the first flushes of their youth either TJ but the disco was on the mind so Santa Ponza I suppose if you're going there you, you, need, you need to be thinking disco and a quick but great lads sound lads we've got a lovely picture outside the place should be quick shout out to the Eden Derry under 13s lads I know you're working very hard you have a first cousin of Kieran, as, as Mark calls him the Rolls Rice Joyce uh, on that team I know you're doing awful work lads keep it up um, and uh, you'll get there and uh, Eden Derry probably a football stronghold but the hurling coming 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 I think they're on the junior fantasy as well I think it was one lean and two Mivara clubs a shout out to them I think they were kind of heading it all the way through so they're kind of big players in that and be lo- I'm looking forward to the championship I know Bernard and his team in Monlean they always look forward to it and I think all the team do it like so good bit of fun there had too Monlean won't have a senior team at all in, in about 15 years time but they'll all be at Cheltenham <laughs> <laughs> Brick Brick it was a pleasure sure. having you um, all, all our Waterford guests are good good guys to talk anyway they're, they're good good opinions and, and uh, strong lads so um, fair play and we loved having you and we'll have you again during the summer hopefully um, just before you're going up to collect that Liam McCarthy now it's only a matter of collecting it and uh, I'll just give you because you're not on the preview shows next week Brick I, I want to give uh, like Joanne Cantwell made me do last night give us our three to come out of uh, Munster and your three to come out of Leinster before we go oh lovely um, yeah. uh, Limerick uh, Warford Hopefully, and uh, um, come on, Bricky, come on. I, I I saw a fella saying clear last night. Yeah, I don't know that he. I, I don't know that he won't know much. So the same fella. <laughs> uh, I go clear. Just oh, a, a, a hometown call. Right, man, man. Leinster, give us your three. Um, Galway, Dublin. And Kilkenny. I think I'm after picking the same tree as you there as well, am I? Well, I'm glad someone else knows something about hurling as well, anyway, Brick. So that's, that's good. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. I'm only trying to get back on the show again, lads. <laughs> 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 now, now that I'm finished, no one wants to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We'll have you back, kid. Don't worry. We'll have you back. We'll have you back. Uh, great Brilliant. stuff, lads. I used to go and get the train home and let Mick Shane to the pub in as well, TJ. So, like, just, just, you know what I mean? Mick's has Brilliant. to be done. Monday has to be done. So, uh, thanks, Brick. We'll talk to you thanks, soon. Thanks, Thanks uh, very goodbye. much. Alliance. Supporting all 32 counties through the Alliance Leagues.